But that does not mean I knew something was off or something was different or I needed to operate in this world in a different way than, say, most people. I needed to operate differently. And when I tried to operate like those other individuals, it really did not work. And it would lead me to, say, more anxiety, more depression. It would lead me to needing to try even that much harder. Hey, what's going on, beautiful people? This is Ryan Turner, your performance dietitian and mental health advocate. And several times per week, I'm delivering impactful 10-minute shorts and amazing guest stories as we explore that intersection between satisfaction, satiety, and biological need. It's all to help you empower your unique brain, improve performance, and support your body composition goals. But hey, remember, if it's working for you, your health, your mindset, and your definition of success, no one deserves to tell you different. You do you. Fuel you. It's a special month. Hey, I didn't even realize this, to be completely honest with you, but I felt that uh, coming across this knowledge made it so necessary for me to just kind of hop on here and make sure that I am talking about this and just clearing my head. So I want you to stay with me and I want you to humor me. I want you to listen to this, whether you're on a walk somewhere, you're working out, whatever's going on. But if you've been with me for a while, you really know that there's been this uh, larger message that I've been really working on to get across, and that is all about uh, ADHD, right? Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. Um, and this is mainly because, as you likely have come across, um, and I've also said, is that it's it's come from my own diagnosis. And so it is ADHD Awareness Month. And so I wanted to make sure that hearing this, knowing this, I couldn't let another day go by without just talking about it because I'll tell you why. You ready for this? The reason why I'm just hopping on and talking about this is because that's how the ADHD brain operates. And getting overly prepared and even knowing beforehand that it was ADHD month, I mean, to be completely honest, I haven't been so much in this world for so long, but it's definitely something that I felt deserved a very uh, honest um, approach. Um, to be honest, too, I don't I don't really run off of a ton of notes in a lot of my sessions, um, or rather, uh, in, in my sessions or in these podcasts as well. As I use podcasts as mainly being able to elaborate on a larger message that I can't get across on, say, an Instagram um, infographic or you know within um, a smaller message, maybe somewhere else that we're posting. Uh, but ADHD Awareness Month now. Why have I focused on ADHD and trying to bridge this gap, right? Brain nutrition meets sports nutrition, uh, making sure that we bring in this special area of nutrition for individuals that need this support because it's an underserved area. Now, there are many individuals that get support with, say, uh, ADHD functioning, or rather when we kind of look at this as uh, executive functioning challenges, let's say planning, organization, motivation, um, all those kind of things, emotional regulation. There are going to be coaches out there that help individuals in those areas. And they're great. And to be honest, another kind of life coach or another dietitian or another, you know, let's say even trainer, like they do, they, they help people out that might end up having ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD, 
by planning the workout for them, uh, giving them tips and strategies, the goals for the week, keeping them focused on what they should be achieving, making them feel good, um, helping with that emotional regulation. There's so many, there's, that's happening out there already. And of course, on the other end, there are individuals, there are high performers, there are people that are able to perform at their highest level uh, by focusing on their nutrition and their training, and they are just given direction and they can just go ahead and do it. Now, I think what happens is that if you take an ADHD individual and you try and support them, a lot of times the support that they get can end up being mostly around... um, can I say this? Can I say maybe the lowest common denominator or the uh, the approach that maybe can keep them in this kind of like maintenance area or just maybe not dropping into this survival uh, area when things get really hard? So, you know, there are goals that are given. There are tasks and tools that are used uh, to make sure that people are able to, let's like quote unquote, level up and just make sure that they can kind of do their day-to-day. Uh, now, there are individuals that maybe are able to do some of those things, um, maybe on their own, they've gotten help for it. And the support that I just mentioned might not be able to bring them to the level they want to. Maybe, you know, maybe they want to run more, they want to get more active. So someone sets up or talks about how you run more, how you can become more active, how you can eat for proper, uh, new, uh, proper, um, let's say just proper fueling to get your body up and out and do things, right? But that is not going to support someone who is going to have ADHD that is trying to finish a marathon. They do need more. So they need the strategy along with that sports nutrition education, that sports nutrition strategy that's necessary for them. That lowest common denominator task and tool is not really going to to serve them as much, right? If I'm telling someone that is looking to complete a marathon with ADHD and I end up telling you, you know what, as long as you eat, as long as you just make sure that you block off your calendar and you eat something, you're going to be good. But you know what? If we need to take them to the next level, I got it. We got to block the calendar. We have to have that conversation. We have to leave room open to have that discussion, but they may need to fuel more. Or when they are, you know, when they're feeling fullness, we can stop. And so we're teaching intuitive eating. But if we're focusing on sports nutrition, maybe protein needs to be higher. Maybe carbohydrate intake needs to be higher. And so we need to be able to push them more, but with an ADHD mindset. Does that make sense? And when we look at something like a, I always use this example. I use like David Goggins as like an example here, but that like no bullshit, hard nose strategy of like, you make it happen. You do it regardless. You don't slow down. You just balls to the wall. Well, okay, I get it. But that message is not going to support the ADHD person. It might support the athlete. It can push them more. It can motivate them. But for the ADHD person, it's not going to help them as much. I hope I'm painting this picture a little bit more of kind of where I'm at and what I'm trying to focus on. And I will be successful in that. And you will listen to me be successful there too. And that's going to be amazing. But ADHD Awareness Month, I want to make sure that we're talking about this because... I think, is it misconceptions? Is it myths? Is it strategies? Is it ways of um, kind of looking at ADHD that people maybe um, don't really understand what it really is? Well, the answer is yes, because there are so many myths out there. And to be honest, I just ended up coming across my diagnosis at the beginning of this year. But that does not mean I knew something was off or something was different or I needed to operate in this world in a different way than, say, most people. I needed to operate differently. 
And when I tried to operate like those other individuals, it really did not work. And it would lead me to, say, more anxiety, more depression. It would lead me to needing to try even that much harder. I'm going to look over here at my notes. And I want to make sure that I, I touch on a few things here because I was trying to think like what this meant. And if I had to wrap everything up into how I would talk about ADHD in an ADHD awareness month to help someone without ADHD understand it or connect with someone who does, it's kind of a mouthful, right? But I wrote this down. I said, it's, it's not that you can't. It's just that making it can, getting you to actually get to that point, getting it done, is just that much harder and that much overwhelming. And the emotional toll that that takes, the psychological strain that is placed on an individual when it becomes that hard because you're trying to get to the outcome that other people can do so much easier, you start to tell yourself certain things. I'm doing it wrong. Uh, I'm not as smart. I am stupid. I uh, don't have the mental fortitude. I can't do these things. But really, we can. And it happens all the time. Some of the most successful individuals in the world have ADHD. And I think that's the hard thing, is that people talk about ADHD as this, as this uh, challenge. But when we see these individuals that are so successful and they've been able to manage uh, things like their symptoms or, or harness it or work in the world in their own way, they become successful. And I'll touch on myself here. I've run multiple marathons. I've won multiple awards in sports. I've won, um, uh, uh, well, I built businesses, right? This business here, nutrition, my, my nutrition business, it's a six-figure business. That's a successful business. I built a six-figure business on the back of ADHD, the challenges that it took. Now, could I say that it was harder for me than someone else? Well, no. I think that there were some things that I was able to, I placed myself well, and I was able to really succeed and kind of get there with maybe, maybe some help that someone else didn't. But I felt as if it's something that it definitely was a lot harder than maybe someone else as I took on multiple business coaches, other dietitians as coaches, other people in the industry that maybe just they were entrepreneur coaches. They would give me the strategy. They would tell me what I could do. It is right here. This is a blueprint. Now, is every blueprint right? Is it always going to end up working for your specific business and your specific strategy? Well, no. And is that going to work for the ADHD brain? That was the hard thing for me. It's right there. Just go do it. This is how you do it. It wasn't as easy as that. Why? Why wasn't it as easy? Well, it was something like task switching. It was being able to remain in the right mindset to get things done. It was being able to break things down into smaller tasks. It was the emotional regulation when things got difficult. Again, I was able to build a business. I also feel like I built that business slower than other people that started with me, or at least around the same time. There are challenges that I come up across by trying to uh, collaborate with, uh, say, other, other products, other companies, say on social media, keeping up with a regular schedule. Those are all hard. No one's going to tell you that they're not hard. 
But when it comes to the ADHD brain, it just becomes that much more challenging. And please, I will say this again, please listen, that that's not an excuse. And if we leave it as an excuse and we just say, well, you couldn't get it done, I think that's completely wrong. I think it's just an explanation for how we have to do things differently and how we have to leave the door open when we're coaching someone or talking with someone about how we go about doing it. Being open to the idea of changing up how we go about meal prepping in <laughs> in the nutrition world, how we go about looking at food, how we go about evaluating hunger, how we go about building a business, how we go about a social media strategy, how we go about uh, client acquisition. All those things can be that much harder. It can be that much more draining. It can be that much more um, emotionally and psychologically strain, straining. And that is something we have to deal with. Now, the world of people, I think that Again, the very successful people have ADHD. And actually, as I do this, I want to make sure I can kind of pull this up. Let me see. Can I do this? Are you still running? Let's take this. Let's check this out. Looks like it's still going good. So we still have this, right? Now, let me just make sure. I want to give you a list. List of, uh, let's say, individuals with ADHD. So Simone Biles. Uh, we'll go to other ones here. There's a list of people that just, I feel like, well, I don't know. That's not really fair, right? Terry Bradshaw, Jim Carrey, James Carville, uh, Carrie Underwood, Emma Watson, Will I Am, Liv Tyler, Britney Spears, Channing Tatum, Will Smith, Michael Phelps, Ty Pennington, uh, Adam Levine, Michael Jordan, Paris Hilton, Ryan Gosling, Bill Gates. The list goes on and on. There's so many individuals that we know in our world. I mean, this list is just continuing to go. Ryan Gosling. Oh, apparently, I agree said those, right? So they're all there. Um, but anyway, uh, we have many individuals in our world that have struggled with ADHD, but they've found ways to overcome it. And I think in the sports world, why it ends up being so easy, especially when we're younger, is that we have the organization that we're just put into. We're told what to do. We have the exercise. We have the movement. We have everything that's actually helping our brain out just a little bit more. And so we aren't, we aren't working at this on our own. But really, I think... When we make sure that we understand how the ADHD brain works, how things just aren't connecting up there, how we have a neurotransmitter deficiency, it's not as if we just can't sit still and we're all squirrely. It's not as if it's something where we just can't pay attention. I'll tell you what it was for me. It was the constant, the relentless amount of rumination and the difficulties around emotional regulation, the inability to switch tasks uh, efficiently enough to get enough done in the day, all of those things, and even coming down to certain things around eating properly uh, consistently over time, keeping on a regular workout routine as much as possible, falling off for a holiday or a sickness and not being able to get back on. A lot of people have had that, but with ADHD, again, it makes it that much harder. It makes that much more difficult to make sure that we can get it done. And I know if you're listening to this without ADHD, you're like, but we all deal with it. I get it. But it's something here where, again, it becomes so much more difficult because of the deficiency that is happening within our brain that we don't really know why it happens, where it comes from. But it's who we are. So many individuals. It's you have a 50% chance of developing ADHD, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I've always been told, 50% chance of developing ADHD 
This is highly genetic if one of your parents do. Now think about this. Think about how there were uh, so many different um, myths and uh, ways of speaking about ADHD was our parents right now, as they were growing up, it wasn't looked at, it wasn't accepted. Is it overdiagnosed now? I don't know. I don't believe so. Is it more awareness? I think yes. Is it something where it's trendy? I'm going to say yes and also so. But it's something here where if more people are talking about it, of course it's going to be trendy. But it's going to be something here where you go and getting actual diagnosis is going to be necessary. Working with healthcare providers, working with individuals to help test you and see how your brain works. Going through the discussions to understand how it maybe has manifested in the past, where the challenges came from, right? There's a TOVA test. There's different tests that you go through to actually tell if you have ADHD. It's not just a, you know, someone waves a magic wand and they say, I've discovered that you end up having ADHD or that you give it to yourself. It doesn't happen that way. And so I want everyone to understand that with ADHD, it's something that we accept and a lot of us end up living with for a long period of time thinking that we just do not belong in the world or our brain does not work the way that it needs to in the world. That's not the case. It's just that it's working differently and that we need different strategies. Putting being put in a desk for hours on end, being told to sit down, sit still without a break, uh, not being able to think about how we have to fuel ourselves. Uh, anyway, let me just stop there. But there are going to be reasons why we need to make sure that we keep this conversation open. And I think for me, I know in my world, I knew that I never felt ADHD, especially when I was playing sports because sports and a lot of my identity was in that. It was wrapped up within that. Maybe I wasn't able to pay attention. Oh, you know what? Because there's a game later. Maybe he's tired from playing. You know what? Um, you know, all my skill, all of my emotion, all of my intensity really went into the sport. But I'll tell you right now, it took so much for me to get through school. I wasn't a bad student. And most people with ADHD aren't. And I think that's also a myth too. Just because someone has ADHD doesn't mean that they're a bad student. I would argue that more, they're going to be they're going to be good students, maybe me, me, like me, me, mediocre students. And if they're a great student, I'll tell you, it's likely that it took that much more, that much more organization, that much more focus. And maybe that's coming from the parents a lot more too, being able to help them develop strategies as a child. But I know that for me, me placing all of those things and those challenges in sports and then being able to uh, excel in sport, it hid a lot of my ADHD challenges. And it wasn't until I really, and I know exactly, I remember, I remember exactly where it was. I knew once I got into the working world, my first job out of college, yeah, down in DC in healthcare consulting, focus, strategy, consistency, I could probably do that in sport a lot more than I could in the office. Man, did it suck. Man, was it hard. Man, did I put in so many more hours than I ever needed to and really was not able to do as much as other people that put in way less. Questioning if you're smart, questioning if you're dumb, questioning if you even belong there. I remember in that, in that job, I was able to get by, but I probably put in so much more. And there was a point where it just... When I was exhausted, when I was burnt out, and I tried to step back and create that work-life balance, 
I was put on what they called point. And being put on point is where you were given very strategic tasks, specific tasks for you to complete. And if you didn't, you'd be let go. And it was a weird thing there. And I, where it was basically, you needed to be able to be given your, they gave you, you know, your uh, tasks and kind of like your, um, your benchmarks to kind of hit throughout, you know, different quarters, but they raised those when you were on point, which was almost like telling you you're going to fail. You couldn't do it before, but I'm going to give you more now. It's really messed up, right? I remember thinking about it. I remember sitting down and talking with someone that I was close with there. I was like, this doesn't make sense. I know that I'm not good at it. How am I supposed to do more of that right now? And I came to the conclusion that I just didn't belong there then. Is it that I didn't belong there or the same strategies that I, I never developed anything and no one really helped me. I remember there was a manager there that she would get on me and almost the point of making fun of me for not being able to complete things. But if someone was there and someone was helping me and kind of pointing out what I couldn't see, it would have been so helpful. I also may have not been very open. I mean, look, I'm not taking, I, I, I want to take 100% of the blame, but something here where I could not get done what I needed to. And so I was put on point. I told myself, well, I'm not going to be able to complete that. And it's basically a way of them getting you to relieve yourself of that job. Because if they fire you, well, they're going to then need to pay you benefits, possibly. Outside of that, they're going to have to pay you a severance. They don't want to do that there. So me I, I, you know, me deciding best for me, I don't belong here. I went, I left, came back up to New York, went back to school, became a dietitian because it was the thing I knew and things that came easy to me. Went in the restaurant business. I was in the service industry for so long and I loved it because you know what? The service industry, it's where things are unique at every moment. Something's always changing. You're always moving. There is, uh, there is fun around every corner. <laughs> so many challenges, <laughs> but it was something that it would, it worked for my brain and it was very helpful. And if I could, I probably would remain in the restaurant industry, but you know, it has its own challenges that wouldn't really work for us right now. Um, and I love nutrition. So that just is kind of what it is. But with the ADHD brain, if you've stayed with me this long, and I appreciate you so much for listening as much as you did, when the world feels just that much harder and you feel as if, you feel as if that all the journaling, all the therapy, all the cognitive behavioral therapy, all the talking it out, all the planners, and all the calendar blocking, all the sleep strategies, all the being told to return back to your why if you can't remain motivated and consistent, right? All that second guessing and all that questioning, your intuition, telling yourself, that must be wrong. Not believing your gut, not believing your brain. All that, when all of that comes out and all that feels as if it's so overwhelming, when those things just aren't working anymore and you are burnt out and you feel like you just can't go further, there's people that are with you. That was me. And I'm still on that journey right now. Uh, I will continue myself on the journey of, you know, improving and looking into those and figuring out the ways that I have to do things that work for me, stepping out of just therapy and just strategy and maybe even, well, working with 
the pharmacological side of things, right? Finding the appropriate medications along with supplement strategies and nutrition strategies, your workout strategies, your sleep hygiene, all those things. If we leave any of that untouched, we're going to have to return back to the things that have not worked as much. But we want to break through the, through the stigmas. We want to really make sure that we are helping individuals that maybe feel lost, that feel like things are just hard. You're not the only one. And is it always ADHD? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you it was for me. And I will tell you that you're not alone. All right, we're hitting about 23 minutes now over that. Um, I know he was trying to keep these to five to 10 minute episodes. Never, It won't happen. But hey, I love to say that it will. Maybe it's something to shoot for. ADHD Awareness Month. You've listened to me banter and go on and share stories and things that I didn't even think I was going to talk about. Not the most uh, professionally done episode by any means, but to be completely honest, it probably isn't much different than most episodes. But ADHD, this is where we are bridging the gap between ADHD and sports nutrition. Brain first nutrition. This is where we're helping individuals become a better version of themselves. The people that have masked all of their challenges within sport, and now we're living within the adult world. We're parents, we're business people, we're entrepreneurs. And we need some support. And you're not alone, but we're here. Gotcha. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you could, do me a favor. If you could like this episode, if you could share this episode, if you could subscribe, hit that little bell up there. When you are able, when I post something new, I want you to be the first one to actually find it. And I want you to come in here. I want you to listen with an open mind. And I want you to listen to me as I am continuing to be imperfect in trying to bring the ADHD world and sports nutrition together and how we can help the individuals that feel stuck between there. The people that know that they want to be a high performer, but they know the high performer language is not what's supporting them. We'll get you there. I promise. I'm getting myself there and we're going to do it together. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. So I love, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.